Yahoo Finance Presents. I'm Rick Newman. Joining us for a repeat visit is Governor Jared Polis of Colorado, the Democratic governor. He's in Boulder. Governor Polis, great to see you. Hey, Rick. Great to be back on the show. I want to ask you first about COVID. Uh, the funding bill that Congress recently passed, President Biden wanted an extra $16 billion for COVID aid, uh, testing, uh, vaccines, things like that. He didn't get it. That money was not in the bill. President Biden says that's a big hole because states and st cities need this money uh, for the next pandemic or for another surge. What is the situation in Colorado? Do you need that extra money? Well, look, uh, I think considering the costs of uh, any disruptions to the economy, which go well above and beyond $6 billion, the federal government absolutely should be ready. What does that mean? We should be ready with enough doses for a fourth vaccine if needed. We should be ready to do drive-through testing again at a large scale if needed, distributing of therapeutics that are highly effective against COVID if needed. So it's almost like an insurance fund. We're all, you know, with our wishful thinking hats on, hoping this thing doesn't come back, but we are seeing increases in Europe. You never know what a new variant will bring. Uh, frankly, I'd say $6 billion, billion is a small amount of insurance to be ready to prevent further disruptions from our economy that could cost tens or hundreds of billions of dollars. So there was this inside the Beltway argument about where that $16 billion should come from. Should it be repurposed for money that Congress has already put out there, or should it be new funding? What's your view on where that money should come from if it ever does come? Well, you know, I don't really, I, I, as you know, I was a member of Congress for 10 years. I would have been more involved. Now, as a governor, I don't care as much where it comes from that, that the federal government is ready with, uh, with, you know, again, fourth doses if needed, therapeutics, the ability to turn on drive-through testing if needed. These are all contingencies. I, I certainly would be fine upon it being contingent funding, funding that they don't spend unless they need to. But absolutely, it should be authorized and ready to go. Uh, because the cost of not being ready, and you think we would have know this now because we've experienced it a couple times, are far higher, far higher than that. So tell us about the economy in Colorado. Uh, we've got terrific job growth in most parts of the country, but we also have 7.9% inflation, which is really bumming out consumers and a lot of business owners. What's the situation uh, like in Colorado? Uh, our economy is doing very strong. We have uh, many, most of our sectors are fully recovered even above and beyond the 2019 baseline, uh, about 4.1% unemployment. Um, our cost of gas is less here than the national average. That doesn't mean it's not a pain point. It absolutely is. Uh, I've called for a suspension of the federal gas tax. We're trying to provide additional relief from state gas fees, uh, but our economy is doing very well. And uh, we're really focused on housing affordability, workforce readiness and training to make sure we can help people upskill and reskill and deploy their talents, earn even more and fill important gaps uh, that help our businesses succeed. Colorado produces some oil. Uh, it's not Texas exactly, but you have some oil producers there. Do you know if they are uh, producing more oil with prices as high as they are, or if they are planning to? Are you having any conversations with those producers? We're the seventh largest producing state, so it's a significant part of our economy. I have had several informal discussions, uh, and many of them tell me they're not planning on changing their plans. Uh, what they need for that uh, is a couple things. Rick, one is long-term price stability because their decisions today are not based on where oil is today. And in fact, oil is 20% off its peak from a, a, a month ago, a week ago. It's based on where it will be when that oil hits the market. It could be in six months, it could be in a year. So that's what they're following. 
The second is, frankly, the capital markets. And uh, as you know, there was a bubble of debt uh, that drove oil and gas production a couple of years ago. They're still on the other side of the pendulum. They, they had a lot of bankruptcies, a lot of it worked through, assets have been sold, and now they're managing more tightly for dividends, for profits, for share buybacks, for cash. Uh, they're not interested in debt finance and expansion. So that's what I'm hearing informally uh, from producers that are active in Colorado and other states. Well, with gas prices well over $4 a gallon, at least for the time being, uh, drivers want the government to do something. I mean, we don't, the government can't set prices, obviously, here in the United States. Based on your conversations with these companies, is there anything at all uh, the government, whether it's state government or the federal government, can do to help production, whether it's with regard to permitting or leases or anything along these lines? So as an example, in our state, they have 2,600 pending permits that they could drill tomorrow if they uh, if they had the capital and, and equipment to do it. So it's not really a question of, of permitting. Obviously, that's a long and, and even perhaps medium-term issue. But, but if we're talking about short-term prices over the next year, no, it's not about permitting. Uh, it's about deployment of capital. And uh, I don't know a lot of what government can do. I mean, you hear some Republicans that are almost echoing socialist party lines saying we should order them to do it or make them do it, sort of a centralized, you know, uh, command economy. But no, the free market uh, is not significantly leading to increase, significant increases in production. Look, if prices stay where they are now, there's no question domestic production will step up. But I think what, what a lot of producers want to see is, is this just a spike in the market or is this something that we can count on by the time we get rigs in the ground, you know, six months, a year from now, based on decisions on pricing and where we are today? Just to be clear, uh, those 2,300 permits you referred to, those are permits that are in the clear now and they, they don't require further steps. There's nothing else the government has to do for those drillers to be able to act on those. Almost all of them have no additional steps. They're ready to go. There might be some on federal land uh, in Western Colorado that uh, might be subject to uh, pauses or additional federal zoning restrictions. But I'm comfortable in saying there's uh, at least a couple thousand uh, sites that are that are ready to go uh, if they have the cap. You know, with just the capital, the desire, the equipment, uh, they're they're ready to be uh, deployed. So let me ask you a little bit more about inflation. Uh, this is obviously a problem for Democrats who have very thin majorities in the House of Representatives where you used to work and also in the Senate. Uh, you've, you've seen the uh, forecasters saying uh, Democrats could lose both houses. Uh, inflation could be a big contributor to that. What are your thoughts about what the Democratic Party should be doing and also saying about 7.9% inflation? First of all, we, we should show empathy with the struggles that Americans are facing with increased prices and say, let's do everything we can to cut costs. And that includes reducing fees. Uh, it includes things from the left and the right, right? Obviously, absolutely, Democrats should always be comfortable, and even more so now, talking about daycare and preschool, reducing health care costs through insurance reforms and pharmaceutical reforms. But it also means reducing fees where we can. Uh, here in the state, for instance, we reduced the cost of our annual state park pass in Colorado from $84 to $29. Why don't we reduce the access fee for our national parks, right? Why don't we uh, make passport renewal free? When you look at like how people interact with and pay the federal government, how can we reduce those costs? costs and fees, certainly uh, eliminate the gas tax for a year. There's a bill by uh, Senator Mark Carroll Kelly of Arizona uh, and, um, you know, to, to do just that, 18 cents a gallon would save consumers right away. Uh, and uh, let's let's provide that relief to people. So those are the kinds of things we should be looking at. Well, as somebody who used to work in Washington, 
Tell us what you think about what Congress is actually doing. So you mentioned uh, a bill that has been proposed, but in terms of the Democratic agenda, I mean, we know there was this huge uh, social welfare and green energy agenda, the Build Back Better plan, which has now been rebranded as I think it's Build America Back Better. Um, This has gone nowhere, and it almost seems as if Democrats, because they've been trying to do so many big things that are so hard to do, they end up having a hard time doing even small things. Are you asking Democrats in Washington, how about, you know, 10 small things we can point to as at least we're trying here? I'd say reducing costs and fees and taxes is a big thing, right? And 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 let's let's do that every way we can. Let's reduce uh, healthcare costs. Let's reduce uh, daycare, preschool costs. Uh, let's cut fees and provide holidays on different taxes. Look, here the American people uh, largely we have good employment figures. Many people are have jobs. Many people might have gotten a three percent raise, but what does that mean if your costs go up seven eight percent? right? If your rent goes up that much, if your groceries go up that much, you're less well off. So let's provide some relief on that. And I think that's the uh, the biggest issue right now is how we can save people money. It's what we're laser focused on in Colorado. And of course, we appreciate any and all help from Congress and the federal government. We're talking about inflation here, but outside of inflation, is there anything you would like to see the Democratic Party doing, and especially those Democrats running for re-election in Congress, Uh, to improve their odds of keeping control of Congress? Anything you want to to see them do that they're not necessarily doing? Well, look, I think it's about just real-life solutions to real-life problems. Now, look, look at dissecting something like inflation. I I don't think it's productive to talk about and and, and especially expound on the different sources of it. You know, the pandemic, the war in Ukraine and gas prices, supply chain interruptions, fine. To your average person, they get monetary policy, right? Which, you know, who knows all the things that contributed to it? Government spending, there's a lot of things. But rather than talk about what's causing it, Let's do what we can to reduce prices and save people money right now, right? How do we, uh, how do we reduce fees, uh, you know, cut taxes where we can, uh, suspend different you know, gas taxes? And how do we say, look, we get it, costs are going up, at least for the part that you interact with us, we're going to uh, make sure that you can hold on to more of your hard-earned money. Just one last question about uh, the economy in Colorado. Some economists are starting to warn they're seeing signs that a recession could be coming, not imminent. That's not anybody's baseline forecast. But are there any things in Colorado that worry you about a possible recession? So far, we're seeing strong signs of growth, uh, Rick. Uh, again, um, our unemployment, most uh, industries recovered above and beyond where they were in 2019, including uh, outdoor tourism and recreation. Uh, you know, for our outdoor tourism and recreation industry, frankly, we just are more concerned with the snow to make sure our world-class resorts are able to stay open into the spring uh, than anything else. And so far, we have good snowpack this year, and we welcome everybody to experience the great outdoors in Colorado. You've said you want Colorado to be the first digital state you're a fan of cryptocurrencies and uh, different ways of adopting it. What do you mean by that, making Colorado the first digital state? Well, we're a very innovative tech-forward state. So what we announced a few weeks ago is that we're going to be the first state to accept cryptocurrency uh, payments for state taxes. Uh, we're soon rolling that out to other state fees. It won't be too long before renewing your driver's license, uh, all of those other uh, hunting passes, fishing passes, you'll be able to do it in crypto. We're we're not holding the crypto, to be clear. We're just going to add a transactional layer for the convenience of our constituents and uh, people that want to uh, use alternative forms of currency uh, to uh, engage in commerce with the state of Colorado.
So you haven't uh, enacted that yet, or people are not doing it yet. Do you have any sense of what the uptake rate is likely to be? Yeah, we, we plan to have it by the end of summer, uh, technology enabled. I, I suspect it'll be upwards of 1%, Rick, uh, of the transactions. We'll see. Uh, wouldn't shock me if it was a quarter of a percent to 1%. I, I think it'll likely be in that range. I'd be surprised if it started out much higher. Um, and it's a basic convenience thing, right? Um, we want to be, uh, and we're also looking at implementing, we're the, I think, the first state in the country with a chief blockchain architect for our state. And we're looking at blockchain solutions across several core uh, personal information and uh, public-private functions as well. Just to get into the weeds a little bit on how you how, how a state government would accept cryptocurrency, since the value of cryptos is so volatile, uh, how do you manage that volatility and make, you know, make sure you're actually getting the tax payments that are appropriate rather than one that might be wildly too high or wildly too low based on the value of crypto, or also to make sure people don't game the system and pay in crypto when you know, the value is, seems to be distorted by some amount? Is that easy to put in place or not so easy? Uh, yeah, it's it's frankly not as exciting as it, it sounds like because our state budgets and operates with dollars, uh, everything is converted to dollars. So it's very simply a payment layer, not too different than a credit card payment layer, but with thankfully significantly reduced transactional costs, where effectively the state will only log and put on the books the dollars. They'll be converted in real time and people will be given uh, the credit for uh, the exchange rate at that moment that the transaction's engaged in. Let me just go back to one thing you mentioned before, which is the ski industry and the outdoor sports industry in the winter in particular. Many people uh, in this business are very concerned that global warming is going to make it harder for these businesses to operate. There's just going to be less snow in ski country. Uh, is that something that is actually happening so far in Colorado or just a theoretical concern? Yeah, two of our major industries in our state are climate related. Our uh, agriculture industry, over a billion dollars in exports, farming and ranching, uh, as well as our ski industry. And yes, during much of my tenure as governor, we've been under a statewide drought. Uh, we're engaged with additional water conservation projects. All of our major producers on the ag side, as well as resort areas, are preparing for the ramifications of climate change, which is one of the reasons that Colorado is leading the way in the transition to electric vehicles. Uh, and we're going to have an 80% renewable energy grid uh, within just eight more years by the year 2030. You think the industry is affected by this so far? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's absolutely uh, affected things already. Uh, we've seen some of our higher altitude uh, resorts are better situated. There's areas that were marginal, uh, lower altitude ski areas that no longer have the coverage uh, to be able to be uh, sufficient. Um, but, you know, the effects are, are, are complex. They're, you know, it's, it, it also in certain areas can lead to more precipitation. Uh, but I think that we, uh, you know, have a lot of technology, including snowmaking that um, have allowed for extended ski seasons and uh, many of our world-class resorts as well. Governor Jared Paulus of Colorado, always great talking with you. Thank you for your time. And hopefully we'll bump into you on the slope someday. We'll look forward to it, Rick. Take care. Bye.